When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Tuesday morning, Game Week 35 is in the books, and there's just three game weeks to go before a much-needed recharge of the FPL batteries. The FPL deadline this week is at the usual time of 11am on Saturday. There will be another podcast on Friday, shortly after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening for that one. On today's show, I'll take a quick look at how Game Week 35 went. I'll keep it brief because it wasn't a good one. Welcome one new member to the 59th Minute Club. Highlight a few stats that caught my eye. Update the watch list, answer questions and take an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for the weekend. So a quick review of the Game Week. I rolled the transfer Ended up with 36 points, tiny red arrow from 20k to 21k. The only players who scored points in the team were Trent, Salah and Matoma with that late assist. Had a look at the numbers on the excellent live FPL website. I'm now 20 points off the top 10k with three game weeks to go, so very much achievable. And more importantly for me, I'm 26 points clear of 50k so my goal is very much more so to stay inside the top 50k it would be a bit of a disaster now to drop outside it from where i am and if i can get that top 10k finish that will be a bonus but to be honest very much looking forward to game week 38 getting a season done and dusted it's been a long one with the world cup break and very much looking forward to hopefully the first normal fpl season next season since before covid all that kind of stuff so it's been a kind of stop start season with so many double game weeks blank game weeks for the last couple of seasons hopefully next season we get a normal one because i haven't really enjoyed kind of the second part of this season where we're all kind of forced down the route of double game week teams you know these last couple of weeks for example we're looking at brighton players manchester united players and basically most other teams get ignored and i'm looking forward to hopefully next season a much more kind of varied game of fpl where lots of teams are different because I think what I found this week was I didn't have a good game week. I only got 36 points, but my rank barely moved. You know, that just tells you so many teams are exactly the same at the moment. So here's hoping there's more variation next season. And those of you who make the FPL game, if you're listening, please make it easier next season in terms of, you know, get the player prices right so there's much more variation. Make it harder for us to pick all the big players we can we can only live in hope for that kind of stuff anyway getting off on a tangent back to this week's episode very warm welcome to the 59th minute club to leicester city midfielder yuri telemans 
Yuri, your teammate Victor Christensen will show you around. He's been here for a while. So just one new member this week. A notable shout out for Zinchenko at Arsenal, who's already in the club from earlier in the season. He just about made it to 60 minutes to get those clean sheet points in Game Week 34. As always, keep an eye on those clocks in Game Week 36. A few stats that caught my eye from the Game Week from having a look at the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all. Again, that man Trippier, he pops up all the time. No FPL points, but his underlying numbers continue to be good. Trippier created four chances against Arsenal. Pedro Porro also caught the eye in terms of the stats for Tottenham. He also created four chances in the game week. A lot of that is down to corners. Porro took eight corners for Tottenham. Trippier took six corners for Newcastle. So hopefully both players will be in the points between now and the end of the season. Trent Alexander-Arnold had three goal attempts. He's flourishing in this kind of more advanced role. And a lot of people are thinking about benching him this week in favour of Newcastle defenders, Brighton defenders who've got double game weeks. I really don't want to bench him. He's on my bench at the moment. I'll talk about it later. But I want to try and manoeuvre it where I can start him against Leicester. Midfielder stats in terms of chances created. Bruno Fernandes, Kevin De Bruyne. And James Madison all created five chances each, while Dwight McNeil and Alexis McAllister both had four shots in the box. I think now with Solly March injured, managers who don't own McAllister looks like a very easy switch to the Argentinian. Martinelli at Arsenal and Willock at Newcastle, they had three shots in the box each. So Martinelli continues to be a good asset, while Willock has a double game week and could be a differential you know, as opposed to the strikers or the Newcastle defenders. A few numbers for the strikers. Erling Haaland's captainers, we were pretty unlucky. Six goal attempts and three of them were big chances. And he also very kindly gave the penalty to Gundogan. Pep wasn't happy. FPL managers were even unhappier. So hopefully Haaland back in the point soon as well. And Ferguson at Brighton. Terrible performance from Brighton, but Ferguson came off the bench, caught the eye again following his injury. He played 45 minutes, he had three shots in the box, and he also created three chances. Again, you know, if you're losing Solly March, if you're making two transfers, a differential. Ferguson could be an outside punt for this Brighton double game week. Most people will go Matoma, McAllister, Stupinan, steal the goalkeeper, Lewis Dung, but Ferguson is very, very tempting. I haven't added him to the watch list, but I probably will at some point during the week. Just final stat, Jota at Liverpool also created three chances in that game. I think he played about 72 minutes. Watch list update now. Players removed. First of all, Nathan Ake from Manchester City because he's picked up an injury. He came off after 54 minutes, so I should have gave him a notable mention earlier. Removed Moreno from Aston Villa as well. I think it's two games out of the clean sheet now. And the fixtures for Villa, final three game weeks, are not great. So I can't see myself going for a Villa defender. Also removed Gakpo from Liverpool. I think he did have two big chances in the most recent game week. But with Diaz back now, Jota, Darwin, there's lots of options for Klopp. So I'm probably just going to focus on guaranteed starters for the rest of the season. So Gakpo is out for me. Remove Jota for the same reason. I think if you have him, probably find a hold him. But I, I don't think I'm going to bring him in because you know next two game weeks, probably going to be double game week players that are going to be brought in if it was a Jota or a Gakpo. 
it probably won't be until game week 38 for me now. I'm probably more likely to get a Robertson as my third Liverpool player as opposed to a Gakpo or a Jota. I've removed Alvarez as well from Manchester City. He was kind of on the watch list just for a possible one-week punt if we got that team news. If Haaland wasn't playing, Watkins to Alvarez was going to be a popular move. But I, instead, I just saved the transfer. Wasn't online for those couple of minutes before the deadline anyway. I kind of made peace the night before that I wasn't going to make any transfers, even if there was news that Haaland was benched. Final player removed is Jamie Vardy. Missed the penalty. So Madison probably keeps those now, given that he scored his one. At 9.1 million, I think that's what Vardy's price is. Again, just hard to fit him in when you've got Salah, when you've got Bruno, when you've got Haaland. So Vardy, unfortunately, may never be in our FPL teams again. Four players added to the watch list ahead of the final three game weeks. Pedro Porro at Tottenham, you know, very good in the final third. He's taken lots of corners. Probably not going to be too many clean sheets there at Tottenham, but Porro is a differential. I don't mind that for the final few weeks. McAllister at Brighton added him to the watch list. Already tripled up on Brighton, but Solly Marsh is injured now, and I think like a lot of people, I'll probably just make that easy switch to McAllister for the double game week. Dwight McNeil added after his heroics. I think it was 21 FPL points in that Brighton game. Crazy stuff. More than likely, he'll probably get two pointers now for the rest of the season. But again, as a differential, very impressive performance from Everton. And it's, you know, Dwight McNeil, I was looking at his numbers, I think last five game weeks, I think he's returned in three matches out of five. So it's not just a flash in the pan, and he might be a decent differential for those looking for one. And finally, Kevin De Bruyne added another impressive performance, despite no FPL points. Those five chances created caught the eye and he, and he passes the eye test as he often does. With Arsenal winning as well, the league is very much still on the line. And as long as it is on the line, I think we'll see the likes of Kevin De Bruyne in the starting lineup in Premier League games for the rest of the season. Again, probably unlikely to get to Bruyne because Bruno's going to stay for a double. Salah's going to stay because they've got good fixtures and Haaland's going nowhere. So very hard to fit De Bruyne in due to budget. So that's the watch list updated ahead of Game Week 36. Time for some questions now. Thank you, as always, to everyone who sent them in. First one is from FPL Sizz. Do we need to triple up on the team's doubling over the next two game weeks? So there is five teams with double game weeks in 36 and 37. Brighton have two of them. Then you've got Newcastle, Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea. You certainly don't need to triple up on all of those teams Chelsea, for example, I don't think you need any of their players. Very hard to predict their starting lineup at the best of times anyway, and they've got difficult fixtures. They're away in both games to both Manchester clubs, so straight away, no interest in Chelsea. Brighton, just coming off the back of a 5-1 defeat to Everton, but if we look at them, kind of a bigger picture over the last couple of game weeks, last couple of months, obviously a very good team under De Zerbe. Maybe struggling with a bit of fatigue and a few injuries at the moment, but I still think they're a good place to go. You know, it's very rare in FPL that you get a team that get back-to-back double game weeks, you know, four fixtures when a lot of teams have just two. So I think you probably stick with what you have from Brighton, aside from Solly March, obviously, if he's going to be ruled out. But likes of, you know, McAllister, Matoma... Stupinen, if you've got Luke Steele, I think all of those are absolutely fine picks. Do you triple up on Brighton if you've only got two of them at the moment or if you've only got one? Not necessarily. I think you can probably get away with just two at the moment. Um, And that probably goes for Newcastle as well. Probably Manchester City and Manchester United also. You don't need to, you know, 
rip up your team and take loads of point sets to get to three assets from these teams because you know, Newcastle, there's a bit of doubt over the strikers, you know, which is the best one to go for. I don't necessarily think you need both. I think you can go for both because it's probably a kind of safe play because if one of them goes big, you're going to have them. Whereas if you take a gamble on one or the other, variance could go against you. One Newcastle defensive asset is probably enough as well. I don't think you need double. Manchester City, you've got Haaland. If you've got Grealish, I think you keep him. If you've got De Bruyne, you probably keep him. But, you know, they do, you know, they do have Champions League to worry about. And I always think with when it comes to double game weeks with Manchester City, it's quite hard to get two games out of them anyway. It's certainly very hard to get 180 minutes out of any of their attackers in particular. So I don't think you need Triple City either. Manchester United... You know, they just lost to West Ham, haven't been great recently. Rashford's not as good as he was. Bruno's very hot and cold, FPL-wise. And obviously missing a lot of defenders as well, which, you know, Lukeshaw's not as attractive when he's not keeping clean sheets and he's not bombing up the wing from left-back either. So, overall, I think what I'm going to try and do this week and next week, and I think what we all should try and do is... We've all got tunnel vision for these five teams because they've got extra fixtures, but there will be players out there at other teams that will outscore them. You know, Arsenal have got three good fixtures. James Madison's a player I always like, but never really own him. Harry Kane, who I sold recently, is just so consistent. So, you know, don't just look at these five teams when you're making your transfers. Keep an open mind. You know, Odegaard's another example. Keep all of these players in mind when you're making your transfers. Next question is from Steve F. Is it worth replacing Solly March with McAllister or should we look outside Brighton? So again, I don't think the 5-1 defeat is going to change my thinking too much on Brighton. I'm going to give them you know, a bit of grace. They've been so good over the last couple of weeks, couple of months. The only thing is the fixtures aren't great. This first double gaming for Brighton, it's Arsenal away and Newcastle away. So you could argue that two Brighton players is enough. So that is something I'm going to consider. But when I think of McAllister, you know, he scored in the last two game weeks. Some will say it's lucky. It's obviously the, the non-owners are saying it's lucky. But, but every week, every week that Brighton play, I don't own McAllister. And he's probably one of the players I fear most because I know a lot of other people have him. But more so because I just think he's such a good player and he is a good FPL asset in my mind. He's got a, He's a player that there's plenty of routes to points. He's got the penalties. And he does pop up in the box all the time. He's, you know, he creates chances as well. I just think he's he's a good player and he's a good asset and he plays for a good team. And, uh, you know, I haven't enjoyed not having him over the last few game weeks. So when the opportunity arises, just to make a very simple switch from March to McAllister, I think I'm just going to do it. Even though the fixtures are not fantastic, I quite like the idea of owning McAllister for four games over the next two game weeks. So I think I will make the move. And again, if he gets a lucky penalty, I will be absolutely delighted. Question from FPL Shoreham. Maybe a bit knee-jerk, but something that's been on my mind for a few weeks. Should we be prepared to consider a third Brighton spot as non-essential and look more at this spot for a potential differential? Yeah, I like this as well. Again, if this is coming from the approach of keeping an open mind, you know, you don't have to always make the obvious move. To me, the obvious move is March to McAllister, and I probably will do it because that's kind of my style of safe FPL management. But if you look, go back to my earlier point about me not having a good game week, getting 36 points, but my rank didn't move whatsoever. You know, it went down slightly. Those are the kind of weeks where if you do have one or two different picks from the template, a Madison, for example, getting the goal and assist, Odegaard getting another goal, Mares. if you got the City team news, 
If you have even one of those this week, an extra 10 points over the majority of other managers, you're moving up a lot of places in rank and mini league. So I do like this idea. If you are selling Solly March, maybe you do go against it. You, maybe you don't go for a Macassar, Matoma or a Newcastle midfielder. Maybe you go somewhere else. Maybe you go back to an Odegaard when a lot of people sold him. And I mean, what is it? I think he's had five and five. Odegaard just so consistent. And Arsenal do have good fixtures as well. So yeah, certainly keep all of these players in mind. We don't have to automatically buy a double game week player. Question from FPL Brooklyn. Is a minus four to get Isaac and Wilson by dropping Botman worth it? I don't think so. I feel like if you have double Newcastle defence already, yes, it hasn't been great, but I don't really it's not a, it's not something I would usually do, you know, take a minus four to get rid of a defender from a team to get the striker from the same team. I think you probably just get one of Isak or Wilson and you just keep Botman. I know he's been he hasn't been great, doesn't offer a huge amount of goal threat. But you know, centre backs in double game weeks have a history of performing well. You know, John Stone springs to mind, Laporte, those kind of guys. I know it's it's Manchester City players, but centre backs can certainly perform very well over the course of two games. You know, you might get lucky with it with a goal. I've got Fabian Share. You know, I've got no intention of selling Fabian Share to get Wilson and Isak. I'm keeping Trippier. So I think if you have them, you stick with it. But again, that's my style of play. I take very few points hits in FPL. If you're a more you know, adventurous manager, if you're more of a risk taker than me, if you think Wilson and Isak is a lot better than double Newcastle defence, then, you know, don't take my advice on that one and go with what feels right to you. But I'll be sticking with Trippier and Fabian Scher and I'll be picking one Newcastle striker to come in for Watkins. Question from Aaron Camacho. Is Joe Linton worth a punt? I mean, if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have laughed at you. Or if you even told me that would there be Joe Linton questions coming in to the FPL podcast, I would have laughed at you. But like like many other Newcastle players, they're all performing really well this season, which makes them viable FPL picks. Joe Linton is 6 million and he's got six goals and five assists, kind of under the radar, under my radar anyway. Maybe I'm just guilty of you know never really considering him because of his history in FPL. When it comes to Joe Linton, Yes, I think it's fine. Over two games, you could get lucky. I still like Joe Willock slightly more, though, and he's cheaper. 4.7 million for Willock. He's got three goals, six assists. And I just feel like he's really upped his game this season. I know Joe Linton has as well. Both players are fine. If you want something different, I don't think it's you know crazy to buy either player. But I do favour Willock over Joe Linton. Question from Ishan Garg. Is Trippier to Shaw a good transfer this week or should we look at any other options in the Newcastle defence as Trippier has blanked in the last few matches? Yeah, Trippier's basically blanked forever, you know, 13 and 15 or something like that. But I say it every week, I don't think you sell Trippier when he's got a double game week. You know, the underlying numbers are good. It would be typical FPL for you to sell Trippier. He's got two games... And we know he's capable of getting, you know, 25 to 30 points over two matches if it all finally clicks for him. And again, just had a look at some of the numbers because I was curious. Uh, looked at the defender stats for the last couple of game weeks. And and Trippier is top for chances created. Now, I think what, what some content creators, and myself included, can do sometimes when we're putting stats out there, we can frame it. You know, you can make the stats look nice you can pick four last four game weeks or last eight game weeks you can frame it to to make it look good but i looked specifically the last two game weeks 
the last four game weeks and the last six game weeks. And Trippier comes out on top for all of those for chances created among defenders. 21 chances created in his last six appearances. And he's second to Trent Alexander-Arnold for expected assists over the last six as well. So the numbers are good. The FPL points are not good. But I think if you have them, you just keep them because, you know, it, it probably would be one of the most frustrating things to happen in your FPL season if you sell Trippier who's been a boss for most of the season when he has a double game week yes the fixtures are not great but there's plenty of avenues to points there with Trippier so my advice would be to keep him and use your transfer elsewhere this game week question from Keith Masters is it time to bring back the Arsenal players Keith says I sold all of mine to cover the double game week players yeah so obviously Selling some Arsenal players has been absolutely fine. Saka, for example, the defenders as well. You know, I think that was their first clean sheet in quite a while. But Odegaard's probably the one that hurts because a lot of us, you know, a lot of people sold him for Martinelli. A lot of people took a minus four to get Martinelli at one point. And Odegaard's been, he's just been so good. Such a good player. Uh, five in his last five. 15 goals for the season. I think that might be the first Arsenal midfielder to score 15 goals in Cesc Fabregas. I think I heard that stat on Match of the Day over the weekend. I I do miss Olin Odegaard. I know he was, when we had him, or when a lot of us had him, he was he went pretty quiet and he didn't get too many points, but he's, he's been smashing it since and he's been incredible value this season. So, yeah, with the fixtures, with that win against Newcastle, you know, the title is very much still on the line. So I do think it makes sense to go back to Arsenal. Um, Odegaard in particular, I still like Saka as an option, even though he's been quiet. You know, Gabriel's fit again. You could go there, Ben White, even Ramsdale. Yeah, I think Arsenal, you know, they should they should be good value for the final three game weeks. And I'm certainly keeping an open mind about going back there as well. <laughs> Question from Rushi: Should we focus on relegation teams for differentials, or was this week just a one-off? Yeah, so a lot of a lot of teams at the bottom did well. You know, Everton, even Leeds did okay. You know, keeping it to a one-goal defeat against City. Nottingham Forest got a win. This is the stage of the season where you do see these teams fighting for their lives. I know Leicester lost five-three, but at least they put three goals in the back of the net. You know, Madison did well. Harvey Barnes did well. There's plenty of value to be had at the bottom of the table at this stage of the season. Again, I'm I'm always more open at this stage of the season to getting players from teams towards the bottom than I would be at any other point in the season. So certainly don't ignore them. If there's some of those teams that have got a decent run of fixtures, even two good fixtures out of the last three, absolutely fine to go there. Similar question from FPL Bafana. Can we draw any meaningful conclusions from the uninspired disappointing performances of several FPL favourites in Game Week 35 or do we just stick to our plans and leave the gambling until Game Week 38? So yeah you do you do get these Game Weeks from time to time in FPL and very often what happens, the Game Week that comes right afterwards, the popular picks will perform well again. So don't overreact to a frustrating uninspiring Game Week these do happen, and I think how how you react to them is very important. So, I like what Bafana says here. Do we stick to our plans? Yes. You know, if you had you know transfers planned this week, even if it was bringing in Brighton players, I I wouldn't let the five one defeat put you off too much. So yeah, I would stick to the plan. And like I said, the gambling. Do you leave it until game week thirty eight? I suppose that depends on your situation because if you're 
you know, 50, 60, 70 points behind in a mini league, there's no point waiting until game week 38 to start doing your gambling. So you probably do start doing that now, team dependent and how far behind you are and stuff like that. If your if your overall rank is your targets, depends how far you are off. You know, a top 50k, top 100k, whatever your target might be. So yeah, you've got to weigh that up that one up yourself. But certainly don't leave it too late to really have a go. I'm playing the Fantasy Scotland game this season. It's my second season playing it. Uh, I didn't play it last season, but the season before that, I finished 10th, and I'm aiming to get a top 10 again this season. I think I was about 30th a couple of weeks ago, so I decided you know it's time for me to start gambling. Took a few gambles. I'm up to 17th now, and I'm going to continue to you know go against the grain for the final few game weeks to try and get that goal of a top 10 finish. Question from Alex. Alex is 34 points behind my mini-league leader. Is it recoverable from here on in? And do I need to take a couple of hits to try and catch him? We share Matoma, Haaland, Trippier, Raya, Saka only and have both used all of our chips. So straight up there, your teams are quite different if you've only got you know four or five of the same picks. So straight away, that's a good position to be in. You don't want to have you know 11 of the same players with only a few game weeks to go. 34 points is not much. It might feel like a lot with only three game weeks to go. But it's certainly possible. But you, you, you will have to go against the grain, maybe with a captaincy pick here and there. But you know, I always say if mini league is your only goal, if you don't care about overall rank, just go for it. You know, especially when you've got a couple of double game weeks now, go for a captain that you, you know your rival won't pick. So this week, for example, they'll probably go Wilson or Isak, maybe you go for a Trippy or a Shar, for example, or you could go for a Brighton player, you go for a Matoma or a McAllister. There's plenty of opportunity for chasers in 36 and 37 because of those double game weeks. Uh, you know, Man City have a double game week in 37, you could gamble on a, someone like a Mares or something like that, and if it pays off, that's where you're going to make 20 or 30 points back. So, yeah, don't be afraid to go for it if you really are chasing. An early look at captaincy and transfers now for Game Week 36. Obviously, it's the double for Newcastle and Brighton, so I think most managers will go there for captaincy. But we've got to mention Haaland because he plays against Everton away. Only slight concern there is it's sandwiched between the two Madrid games, so minutes could be managed. But again, the league's up for grabs, so Haaland has to play, in my opinion. I think absolutely viable to captain Haaland over a Newcastle or a Brighton player. You've also got Salah against a Leicester team. We just conceded five goals. I think that's fine for captaincy as well. But the way I play the game, for me, the fun way to play the game is when teams have double game weeks, you go for it and you hope it goes big. So you've got Isaac, Wilson, Trippier and Fabian Scher. I think they're probably the four top captaincy candidates from Newcastle. Newcastle play Leeds away and Brighton at home. So I think Newcastle have better fixtures than Brighton do. Brighton are Arsenal away, Newcastle away. So Matoma and McAllister are probably your standout captains there. So at the moment, I don't own a Newcastle striker. So I think Trippier has my armband, but don't really want a captain Trippier, given his recent performances. But I'm telling you, I've been here before. It's, it's the kind of thing that happens. A player blanks and blanks and blanks. Nobody captains him. When, you know, if you go back, around the World Cup time. And if you knew Newcastle were going to have a double game week, we all would have been saying, I'm definitely going to captain Trippier when Newcastle have a double game week. So I'm not going to rule out doing it. You know, that could be a slight differential for me to try and get towards top 10K. You know, I have about 20 points to make up, so I could gamble and go against the Brighton guys, go against the Newcastle strikers. But if I do buy a Newcastle striker, 
I think that will probably be my captain. I just need to decide which one. I didn't really cover Isak versus Wilson. I still need to do a bit of research on that myself this week. So I'll come back to that on Friday's episode. Well, I'll be you know I'll be more geared to answer that question, look into some of the numbers and stuff like that. It's still to me in my mind, it's still a very much a 50-50 call. Matoma hasn't been overly inspiring recently to slap the armband on him. McAllister he is, you know, an FPL kind of pick that I like. He's kind of a steady Eddie. He ticks along. He's got the penalties. I think he's a fine captain as well. But again, the fixtures slightly put me off. So yeah, I think it'll be a Newcastle captain for me. Um, probably a striker, depending on which one I bring in. And there's an outside chance that I captain Trippier. Haaland, yeah. I, w- I might do it, but I think the double game makers will win out, as they always do. In terms of transfers, I've got two frees. So the Solly March injury, I mean, it looked serious. He went down with a hamstring, so we're unlikely to see him in the double game week unless he makes a miraculous recovery. So he'll be going. And again, I'm probably just going to keep it simple, as I often do. Get McAllister in. Looks like a no-brainer with the injury and the FOMO that I've been having each week with McAllister anyway. And then Watkins to a Newcastle striker was always the plan this week. I was probably going to make one transfer and roll the other one, but I'll probably end up using both now because of the March injury. So Wilson or Isak, I'll figure that one out during the week. The only issue there is I'll need to bench Trent. I mean, I could bench in a Stupinen. I could bench a Fabian Scher. But I find it very hard to bench a double game week player. You know, in my mind, you're starting off on four points. You know, if they play both games and they don't get booked or in Brighton's case, if they don't concede five goals again. But Trent, in this current role, playing very well, you know, getting assists for fun, you know, having good goal attempts that goalkeepers are making good saves from. It's Leicester. Was it Leicester he scored 26 points against a couple of seasons back? I think that springs to mind. So I don't want to bench Trent, so I need to look at that. And I need I need to look at whether that will impact my transfers later in the week. If I want to start Trent, that might change my transfer plans. And maybe I will end up just making one transfer. Maybe I'll go with just two Brighton players or just two Newcastle players. So there is a lot to figure out before the end of the week but we'll cover all of that in more detail on friday's episode thank you for taking the time to listen i hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to support me as a full-time fpl content creator and get extra podcasts during the week you can do so at patreon.com forward slash fpl general enjoy the european action midweek and i'll talk to you again on friday after the pressers Podcast Network.